Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Quick Hitters version of Catch and Shoot 2.0. Today's episode is an educational fireside chat with Derek Bodner of The Athletic. Derek touches on how the all-star tandem of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can lead them to playoff success. Ball handler, like they had a really unorthodox lineup, especially for 2020, where you had you know, Joel Embiid, a post-up center, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, just not a whole lot of spacing, not a whole lot of ball handling. I think the move was primarily first to get more shooting and more ball handling in that starting lineup to balance it out a little bit more. And also then to, you sort of, it's tough to run a, a classic pick and roll with Ben Simmons because he doesn't offer that shooting. He's not a threat to shoot. So everyone goes under that screen. I think they wanted to get that sort of skill set in the starting lineup as well. You know, I think by and large, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. I think Ben Simmons was shooting over the last couple of months in the mid-60s. I think his his free throw shooting had improved as the season went on. I think their biggest complaint with Ben Simmons in the free throw line is that he doesn't get there enough, that he at times shies away from contact because he knows he struggles at the three-point line or at at the free throw line. So I think their concern more is to, you know, stop avoiding contact, have the confidence to go to the free throw line than the actual percentages, because if he gets there a lot and he's making 59, 60, whatever percent, I think they're okay with that. They just want that aggressiveness from him. But I think it's more or less to get another ball handler and perimeter shooter out on the court. Derek, are are the Sixers looking at these seeding games the right way? You know, because when I look at the way that the standings and really the playoffs are going to shake out, the Sixers don't have much to win or lose from these seeding games. And so the fact that they're trying things, whether it's in these scrimmages or when the seeding games do begin, they're going to have a better idea of what they can do moving forward. Is this the right approach for this Sixers team? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think this, like you point out, there's really not a whole lot the Sixers are playing for right now. They've clinched a playoff spot. They've clinched a top six seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, moving up to, say, a four seed doesn't have any impact over the five seed because there's no there's no home court. So you can get into a little bit of a debate. Do you want to play Boston or Miami in the first round? Do, more specifically, do you want to avoid Milwaukee in the second round if you do advance? There is some impact there, but there's arguments to be made either way. You know, I think they would have a better chance against Miami in the first round if they did move up to that four or five than they would uh, against Boston. But then that would mean that they would have to play Milwaukee in the second round. So there's, you know, there's debates on either side. I think for the most part, their goal over these eight, eight games is to get like I said, this starting lineup that they're they're putting out there has legitimately not played a minute all season together. This role that they're playing with Shake Milton being the primary ball handler and, and Ben Simmons being off ball, they've never really played this year. So I think they really want to get up to speed, get those changes so that they're comfortable with them, get their rotations down because that then has impacts later on in the game so that they're playing their best basketball when the playoffs start, I don't think winning or losing is, is a primary concern right now, or even a secondary concern. It's being comfortable with where they're at when the playoffs do start. While most of the league has sort of gotten away from pounding the ball into the post uh, and gone more with like the stretch fives and the outside three point shooting, 
Joel Embiid remains one of the best low post scorers in the entire league. He's a dominant offensive player down low. And uh, as a, he's a big guy that can actually make 80 plus percent from the free throw line. Do, do, do we, do we see the Sixers really trying to exploit him moving forward or how does the Simmons move affect that whole style of play in the half court? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, they're not going to move away. And for the most part, Post play has, has been a dying breed in the NBA. Joel Embiid's sort of like the one person who can make that style of play really efficient at a high usage. Like you said, he gets the free throw line a lot. He makes them when he gets there. They're still going to try to exploit that whenever they can. I think one of the reasons the Sixers have struggled in the second round of the playoffs the last few years is that Joel Embiid has not looked like Joel Embiid the entire time. Two years ago, he had a mask on. I think that hindered him a little bit against Boston. Last year against Marcus Gasol, he, he, he was played very tough by Marcus Gasol. That was a good team to stop Embiid's post play. They need to get regular season Joel Embiid in the postseason if they really want to advance, and they're certainly going to give him a heavy dose of the ball inside, whether that's Shake Milton bringing the ball up or that's Ben Simmons bringing the ball up. Either way, they're going to try to ride Embiid because he's if they if they have a chance to get to the finals, he's going to have to play like an MVP. Is Joel's calf injury uh, a major or a minor concern at this point? It seems like it's a minor concern. You know, he did practice yesterday. Uh, we have not yet received word whether or not he will play. In their final scrimmage, um, it seems like a minor concern. But whenever you're seven foot two and two hundred and eighty pounds, minor concerns can there. It's always going to be there in the back of your mind. So it is something to keep an eye on. If you enjoyed this quick snippet from Catch and Shoot 2.0, make sure to check out the full version of the episode with Otto Strong and myself every week. This week, Bruce sat in. Our new show drops every Wednesday right here on Pure Hoops Media.